your brain might just help you learn something in more ways than one. Welcome to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Dr. Bell is a licensed marriage and family therapist. He'll be your guide on this crazy exploration designed to bring life back into our existence. Can you become the element of change in an ever-changing world? Possibly, but you've got to listen on to find out. Now, here is the host of Absurd Psychology, Dr. Gary Bell. Welcome, everybody. All right. Today, we're talking about existential angst. What in the world is that? Well, existential angst comes from the human inability to basically think, feel, and act in the world or experience a love for life. But also from the fear, which is basically like apathy, you know, uh, from the, the, the fear or the possibility of non-existence or, or under death. It, it can be really lonely, isolating, outright terrifying uh, for, for your own existence as, as if it's in a question. But people get into this state of existential angst. Some people call it generalized anxiety. But the bottom line is it's really deeper than that. It's a deep sense of not belonging. It's a sense of not really understanding what's ahead, not really understanding, feeling connected with life in itself. It's kind of like you're in this void. You know, psychologist uh, Carl Jung and John Paul Sartre, which was basically a philosopher, had a lot of similar thinking about existential angst and that both focused on achieving a meaningful existence through the development of of our own resources, our creative uh, freedom, our overcoming self-deception. And and basically, those who experience existential angst not only feel lost, but they have a purposeless existence and believe they've been abandoned by life. And that's this void that these folks live in because they don't understand if they have a passion or purpose or they feel like they've lost their passion or purpose. And it's pretty amazing. It's pretty amazing to have that. But people go through this in life and we all have this in common. We all have times in our life where we've felt that way. You know, have you ever wondered what life is really all about? You know, why are we here? What's your purpose? Does your life have meaning? Do you ever ask, who am I? You know, these questions have been asked forever by philosophers, theologians, psychologists, spiritualists, all kinds of people. You know, there's just all these unanswered questions, especially now that we're in the middle of a coronavirus pandemic. And and just with those who fear the unknown, not knowing the answers to life, most difficult questions can be really unsettling. And quite frankly, the coronavirus has created a lot of existential angst amongst a lot of people because our free will as a society, the very freedom that this country was built on, has been taken away randomly by different governors and different people all suppressing us as people, leaving us with little purpose and little choices or a reevaluation of who we are, which actually can be a very healthy thing. But our brain likes to complete images and thoughts and, and will fill in the gap if something seems incomplete. You know, if it doesn't have an answer, it, they'll, it, the brain will just make one up. You know, for people with anxiety, Not having a clear and confident answer to all the questions in life can cause them a whole lot of bad thoughts that are uh, basically catastrophizing 
creating a negative predicted outcome. And that's very sad. It's very sad, but that's what our brain tends to do. It wants to control everything. And so basically by trying to control outcomes, we predict the most negative outcome to prevent ourselves from feeling pain or rejection. And then all of a sudden that becomes a prediction and that prediction all of a sudden becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. And it's very sad, but our brain does that. And that leads us, my friends, not only from existential angst, not only anxiety, but it also leads to depression. So, you know, mindfulness basically teaches us to be present in the moment, not in the past and not in the future. You know, we can stay focused on the present and unpleasant event happens and we can do something about it. You know, many people talk about the past and what they should or shouldn't have done while others worry about the future and live in what if world and some fear the unknown and bring great anxiety upon themselves when they reflect on how little control they believe they have in their lives and some people feel helpless and have an absurd idea that others should guide them through their lives and answer the tough questions for them and it's pretty amazing that we all do that you know, I always thought it was interesting how as humans, we cannot know where we came from, where we'll be going, but we have the ability to ask these questions. And other species seem to uh, content on just being. And that's the vast majority of all animals on the planet. They're okay just being. They live in the moment. Look at a bird. It just does its thing. It does its thing, and, and if it's hungry, it eats. If, if it's searching for something, it's searching for something, but it's nowhere in the past and nowhere in the future, and it's pretty amazing. You know, we can wait a long time for significant change to occur, but, but to create a purposeful existence, you have to face your fears and venture out into the world for meaningful experiences to happen. That means we need to have purpose. That means we need to have passions so that our life can be filled. But the biggest deal is we want to be able to give something back to others that they need. That is in, in, undoubtedly one of the most important things that we as people can do is help other people with our lives. And anything we do that's hard will make our life easier. And so as we become experts in different passions and different areas, we're able to spread that information to people that need it. Whether it's learning how to read, whether it's playing tennis, whether it's playing golf, whether it's, it's uh, reading, a, you know, reading a book, Whatever it is, you know, if we can become experts at pre uh, helping people improve their lives, that is what gets us out of existential angst. It's a big deal. You know, uh, the, therapy is viewed differently by different people. And some come to vent about their problems at work or at home or talk about their less than satisfactory marriages, problems with their kids. But others seek help regarding their anxiety and their depression. And that's an important perspective for all of us to understand that that sense, I'm sorry about my little bells ringing here um, on my phone. <laughs> but you know, uh, the deal is sometimes it's really just existential angst. And, and that is a person's feeling empty. They, they're lost in addictions, they're lost in, in their problems, they're lost in life. 
and they don't know where to go or what to do and they feel vulnerable and scared and guess what that does creates panic attacks panic disorder sometimes that derives from what's called existential angst isn't this amazing and then there are issues we've been examining you know uh, 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 as we've been talking about this, that, you know, not all therapists are qualified or even want to work through the area of existential angst. Um, you know, some people want to have uh, a sense that they have purpose and, and they think that they have purpose and they're in, lost in their head, but they're really not in tune with their life. And, and so helping people get attuned to their presence and their present moment can be a very, very, very important thing for a person to have because suddenly when you are mindful, when you're in the moment, you have what's called intuition, which is a sixth sense. And it only adds to our ability to read and understand other people. And that, my friends, makes us safer and it makes us more magnetic and it makes our life richer. But getting people to get out of their heads and get into their life and in the present can be so calming and so relaxing. And if you're in a conversation, it could be incredible because you are tuned in. And when you are able to do that, you're creating meaningful moments in your life and purpose in your life. You know, uh, people will report the purpose of life is to take care of their children. Others find meaning by being uh, having a loving uh, spouse or maybe a good son or a good daughter. Some find their purpose through their religion or their faith. You know, some people find purpose in educating others. Some people as healthcare professionals, such as doctors, social workers, therapists, nurses, you know, whatever they're calling the trash man, whatever they're, they're calling is, that's wonderful. But that's not all of who you are. It is a facade of who you are. And it may be the way that you give back, but what's really sought after from every person on the planet is somebody who is present and real. And what adds to that is if they're an expert in an area. But some people can be great experts in great areas like, like medical, Medicare or medi you know, medical issues or whatever, but the bottom line is if they're not present, they may not connect with that person and that person may not, as a client or a customer or a patient, they may not trust them because they seem to be phoning everything in. And then, and you know, my friends, there's a lot of people that are very smart, but they are phoning it in and they're not happy. They're not happy with themselves. They're not happy with their life, whatever it is. And it's cluttering them up. And so when people are in their heads, they cannot be nearly as effective as they can be if they're fully present. You know, people will report you know, all kinds of things uh, that they're asked about what the meaning of life is. But the true meaning of life is just being here and being present. That is creating purpose in your life. That is creating your ability to be fully human. And that's how we are built. And that is how we are supposed to function as people. And if we look at our animals, if we look at people around uh, the animals around us and mirror that in our own life, we will be so much richer and so much more functional. 
you know, it, it's important to take responsibility for our thinking, for our behavior, for our feelings. Uh, you know, that can raise anxiety for anyone. Any one of those, our thinking, behavior, our feelings, that can raise a lot of anxiety. When people are too much in their head, that creates enormous amounts of anxiety, you know. But if we exploit our anxieties to, to the nth degree, we come uh, m- most people's greatest fear. And, and that is what it is, is death. And if you haven't coped with death in this life, then you, then you do not have the ability to fully understand um, how to live. You know, if you're going to live in fear of death, you're going to have big problems. And, and so having a concept of what death is, is so important for anyone so they can move forward with their life. You know, we all die. Everything dies on the planet. Everything here, it probably in the universe, dies. But the, what we have to cope with is what's going to be in our life and what is going to be our legacy. You know, when people die, it's really important to remember how they lived, not how they died. And it's really hard to do that when somebody's had a tragic death. But the bottom line is that's why we all get up in the morning. That's why we do all the things that we do to interact and help other people is because we are to be creating memories. Memories are your legacy, not your things, not your money. But your legacy is, the bottom line, you. And it's a big deal. And and if you live life as if you're not fully present, you're not going to create much memories. And you're not going to leave much of a, a anything behind. And people aren't going to remember who you are and what you were about because you didn't plug in. You know, uh, uh, the deal is, you know, the not knowing is what existential angst happens it's not knowing, you know, it's, it, if it's taken as far as it can go, especially with the fear of death, a person's thoughts and emotions are way out in front of who they are. And so it's really important to chip away and question a question all of your fears and then move to the other thing. The answer to all your fears is I have faith that. List your fears, and then on another side of the paper, I have faith that. And if you are able to do that, you're going to consciously understand your fears, and you're going to consciously be able to clear your brain out a little bit because you need to land on I have faith that. And if you do that and live I have faith that, we have nothing to worry about anymore. We have no fears. And so we just keep getting in our heads and, and, and trying to control outcomes. And if you do that, you're going to drive yourself absolutely nuts. You know, it's, uh, it's not easy to be human. It never was, really. You know, William Shakespeare is, is, is to be believed because in the 16th century, he, he noted that life is a tale told by an idiot full of sound and fury signifying nothing. You know, neuroscience is increasingly confirmed the view. The more scientists learn about the human brain and how it operates, the more obvious it is that being human is no big deal. We're just animals 
complex biological systems operating according to the law of nature, from physics to biology to chemistry. You know, a lot of science, uh, uh, um, like the late Stephen Hawking and philosophers like Duke University uh, professor uh, Owen Flanagan have say it, have basically argued that we have no soul, no fixed self, no inherent purpose. We exist simply because we exist, tiny specks on a small planet in an infinite universe. Now, me, I'm a Christian. I don't believe that. I think this is absolutely just empty. But it's called naturalism. And, and it leaves many people feeling deeply uneasy, conscious or unconscious, and casting about for meaning everywhere they can get. And so the problem is you're just left with a vacuum if you leave it at that answer. But what we are forgetting if you go down that path is your soul. We're souls living a human life. And it's important to follow the journey of our soul and use our human life and our cavity, our body to get us where we need to go and use those tools that we have to help others in this life. You know, there's there's a lot of uh, 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 starting of thinking that happened back in the 19th century, like uh, Soren Kierkegaard, uh, Dostoevsky, uh, Frederick Nietzsche, who wrestled with the questions of, of morality in the world without a, a, a god to dictate what's right and wrong. But the, you know, uh, 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 John Paul Sartre, Albert Camus, uh, all kinds of people. Uh, looked at the meaning of existence after tens of millions of deaths in the, in the Holocaust. And the basic thing is, we have souls, and that is the purpose of faith. We have to live in faith. Our animals do that. They live in faith. Why can't we? All right, we're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to come back. We're going to talk a little bit more, or a lot more, about uh, existential angst, but we're going to look more in the uh, contemporary uh, body of knowledge that we have, and we're going to kind of examine, you know, this topic of existential angst in a way that we can break it down and understand it and use it in our life to do better for ourselves. And by recognizing it, we can heal. Come back. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. Dr. Gary Bell is available for speaking engagements as well as teaching at your seminar or workshop and life coaching via telephone Skype or in person in the Seattle area. Dr. Bell brings his no-nonsense, straight-from-the-hip discussions each week on the show, but it doesn't stop there. Learn about motivation and psychology, one-couple marriage repair, a two-day workshop in Seattle, and more. Visit drgbmft.com today or call Dr. Gary Bell at 951-818-7856. That's drgbmft.com or 951-818-7856. Listen for Transformation for Success with Dr. Barbara Young. Her show topics cover creating lasting transformation in challenging environments and how creating change can have an impact on the success of individuals from a mind, body, and spirit perspective. It's going to be inspiring and uplifting each week. So tune in on Tuesdays at 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. And also listen on the Voice America Business and Influencers Channels. Transformation takes one step at a time. It's time. 
friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. You are tuned in to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. If you have a question for Dr. Gary or his guest, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. That's easy enough, but if you want to send an email, it will take some thinking. Got a pen? The email address is drgbmft at sbcglobal.net. Or you can just click on Email Host on the Voice America page. Now, back to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Welcome back, everybody. All right, we're talking about existential angst. You know, we reason, we remember, we perceive, judge as a result of cognitive mechanisms. And and that's our thought mechanisms. And because we have these abilities, we've also developed social practices that demand that we think and be reasonable for each other. And the universe may be random and cause and effect may not always be related uh, in, a, in a, basically a mechanical level. But within the human experience, we have certain obligations and the capability to meet these. And this is an important thing to think about. We don't need uh, 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 God to be good. What we need is God to be moral. And if we ask ourselves, what does God want for us? Well, to be wise, to be wise, to look at all the opportunities we have, all the temptations, all these opportunities, and be wise in our decisions. And if we can do that, we can build a life of integrity. And people that have integrity are consistently wise. And that makes them very attractive. And as you get older, if you are wise and you have integrity, what's going to happen is your life is going to be magnetic, even if you're ugly as sin, because you have that thing that people need. And it's like a, it's like a, a lighthouse. It's like a beacon when people have integrity and wisdom. It's a beautiful thing, and people should will go for that. People that are wise will go for that as a beacon to follow, and they will. And it's important for us to gather that and have good morals and to worry about our foundations as being a part of nature, being a part of life, and being fully present. And like I said, there's a lot of people that are just living in a void of fears and past and the and the future. And and as they do that. They won't plug into life, and then they just live in their heads. You know, a lot of people don't understand that the biggest barrier between us and God is our thoughts. Our thoughts are our biggest barrier because that is what separates us. It makes us not connected when we're in our heads. So we are meant to live. And that doesn't mean we don't plan, and that doesn't mean we don't uh, look at the lessons we've learned from bad things that have happened. But it's really more important to think about how we respond. And responding means plugging in right now in the moment you're in. You know, a lot of philosophers argue that we should make use of knowledge and insights of behavioral thought, neuroscience to satisfy our existential, which means existence, our concerns, and achieve some level of flourishing and fulfillment. 
But ignoring evidence isn't going to resuscitate a bunch of notions of God or the soul or the self or human specialness. It won't make life meaningful. Instead, we have to transform our anxiety, our individuality, our sociality, because at this point, as they put, you know, naturalism is plugging into life and being mindful. You know, if you get stricken by uh, 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 paradoxes or existential despair from time to time, you know the ones that hit you when you're laughing or when your friends leave you uh, with a bunch of meaningless things to do in life, like you're sitting in a void, it's kind of like existential angst is kind of like you have nowhere to go you're just stuck and nowhere to go. And that's why this COVID thing has got people going crazy because they have nowhere to go, nothing to do. They, 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 they are either plugged in to the media all day long or they're, they're working uh, from their home. Um, but they have very few choices. They can't go, go on vacations. They can't go to the restaurant. I mean, it's crazy. But a lot of people are living in that sense of, uh, of passiveness in a sense of just lost, just give up, just let somebody else run our life. And and it's sad, but that creates a sense of purposelessness and a, a sense of despair. It's really important for us to define what kind of memories we want to make in our life and what kind of things we need to have in our life. But the biggest thing is to be satisfied, number one, with what we have and then build on it. Not what we don't have, but what we have. And then, once again, build on it. You know, it often takes the form of uh, seizing the moment when, you, when your heart starts beating heavier as your weight settles on your chest, you know, making it harder to breathe, that's anxiety. And, and revealing that void basically can create enormous amounts of anxiety, feeling void, feeling a lack of connected with life. That angst, that, that anxiety can take years off your life because it creates enormous amounts of stress, depression, and guess what? Suicide. Yes, a lot of people have committed suicide this year. Unfortunately, it's terrible. But existential angst, a lack of purpose, has a lot to do with it. You know, for some reason, you know, angst comes as, as a state of being. For others, it comes to those in the morning or, or moments of silence where, uh, or when you're just alone with yourself. You know, sometimes it, it just comes along and it's it has a paralyzing panic of not having anything to do. And some of us are, are uh, devout practitioners of feel good, you know, uh, uh, hailing the second time of, of as, an, as of the dark ages, like now is the next dark ages. But, you know, it's really funny. If you are were raised before there were cell phones, before there were smartphones, what you would have, and also computers even, what you would have found is a lot of people experienced an enormous amount of existential angst because they didn't have something to pay attention to. So they would have to create their own entertainment in the moment. They would have to create their own thought processes. They would have to read books. They would have to do, if they were to fill every moment of their life, they would have to be enormously creative to do that. But now we're lazy bums because we have these smartphones, which 
I have two of them. But, uh, you know, the bottom line is you just stick it in front of your face and all of a sudden your life has purpose and you look busy and other people are going to look at you and go, oh, you're busy. Okay, that's great. Well, we didn't have that luxury back when I was born. Uh, We had to make it up as we went. And that meant relationships. Unfortunately, we're really bad at relationships these days because we hide behind our, our social media and we don't really, really connect with people in a legitimate, real way. We may sound like we are, but we don't. A lot of people on social media are just a facade of who they really are. And what a facade means is a fake self or only a part of themselves. Freud would call that the ego. You know, we, we, we can't give up hope. We, we need to live in a faith-based life. That is what we're meant to do. And it's and most of us, we have to deal with a sense of angst in life. But how you deal with the angst is more important. That is a calling for you to do something hard in your life, something difficult to challenge yourself, to make your life easier and give yourself more purpose. That's important. We are here for a reason, for a purpose, and that is to be passed on to our next generation and to those who survive beyond us. You know, mindless entertainment, you know, like like uh, uh, surfing the 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 you know, television or or you know, watching animal videos or or YouTube all day, you know, that that kind of stuff is a waste of time. You know, it's a good thing that you can do that because you can kind of burn some energy and maybe that would be the purpose of it. But the bottom line is a lot of that stuff is just filling time for you. And if you're just doing that, you're really missing out on what life has to offer. You know, you, you should structure and pack your days so much that you don't have time to breathe, think, or feel. You know, constant engagement is a surefire way to fill the void deep within your soul, but and at least distract you from it. But the problem is, is if you do that, what you're doing is you're losing touch with life. You're just coping with life. And so by packing your day with mindless things to do, we're really not helping ourselves. You know, uh, honestly, it, it's a weird thing. But things like music and stories can be really incredible uh, ways to learn about life and to learn about the people. You know, it's important. You know, uh, the, the finding meaning or distinguishing uh, sadness, go for a walk. It doesn't have to be a romantic walk in the park. Um, it could be a really uh, – uh, or spring in its best time or whatever. You know, Albert Camus said, you know, smell the flowers, outstanding uh, imagery of, of smoothing, transferring into another world. You know, it doesn't have to be a walk – during which you'll have multiple life uh, epiphanies and discover meanings. No, your brain just needs to tune in. That's the purpose. Just tune in. Tune in to nature, to what's around you, to the people around you, to the places around you. Tune in. And all of a sudden, you might see subtleties of things that really inspire you. That's an important thing to do in this life. You know, the world is spinning and when uh, and and by you uh, not spinning, by you sitting in existential angst, 
you're really not enjoying the energy that life gives us. You know, there's so much. You know, if, if you look at relationships through the, the, the glass of existential aims, too often people use relationships as an escape from the world. And the feeling of security is comforting, but it becomes a lot of problems when people make a relationship only into the source of meaning in their lives. And this is a real risky way to be in a relationship because love that lasts a lifetime is the exception, not the rule. And that's sad to say, but I can tell you, you know, people don't learn how to be married. And and I wish to God that people would do more premarital counseling, do more to understand what they're getting into and how to be married. And, and that's an important thing. But if you're just using your relationship as an escape, that's putting a really bad, difficult burden on someone to have to be there for you your whole life. And unfortunately, that's a part of what's called narcissism, where we make the relationship fill our existential angst by having a codependent partner to fill the void so that we don't have to do it for ourselves. You know, it, it's, it's, it's really not, it's really important for people not to be dependent on each other or severely attached. It's really important that they respect each other as friends, as lovers, as a person, as a soul, that we connect with a, a, a friend or, or our, our lover or our uh, spouse in that kind of way. In a real way, it's important that we're, we allow ourselves to take that chance to be vulnerable, but be friends. And all of a sudden, you have peace in a relationship. And that's what most people want. Because when you have peace, you are able to have any emotion in your life. Peace is acceptance. That's all it is. I'm accepting where I'm at. I'm accepting what's going on. I'm accepting all the events in my life. I'm accepting my spouse at where they're at. I'm accepting our finances. I'm accepting everything at where it's at. And I'm not going to get in my head to catastrophize. I am going to stay present and purposeful in trying to create a life that touches other people's lives. That's a big deal. You know, life is not supposed to be comfortable. It should be about challenging ourselves to be better. You know, uh, uh, Nietzsche, actually, who didn't believe in God, referred to this as striving towards the ideal of the ubermensch. The problem with love is that all too often it manifests as, as an egotistical desire for power over another person and uh, selfishly seeking to be the center of each other's attention. And the love distracts, or is even worse, actively prevents people from achieving great things. And so, you know, lovers as becoming like, you know, dragons guarding a treasure, or, or and that's what Nietzsche said, or uh, co-oping each other like exotic birds in a cage, is not growth. And our life is meant to have growth. We are meant to have these brains to do difficult things in life and accomplish things to make life better for others. You know, relationships would be better if, if people were stronger willed, mastered their passions and were better friends. They would have much more respect for each other 
if they did that. But it takes balance. And that means you have to plug in, which calls us to have a thing called empathy. Not sympathy, not joining a problem, but empathy, meaning stay outside of the problem, but really try to understand that this is a difficult situation for somebody and we need to be there for them. That's an important thing. And it may be the healthy thing. You be the healthy place for someone to anchor on. That's important. You know, romantic loving is beautiful, is extraordinary, it's intoxicating. The problem is that it tends to be fleeting. And Kierkegaard uh, sought to make love secure and lift out of the realm of of lust and uh, empty uh, selfishness so that relationships would be deeper and more meaningful if people would stop letting themselves be pushed around uh, by their animal instincts and their fears. You know, a lot of people get into relationships after relationships after relationships because they fear being alone. My friends, that's existential angst. That's what it is. It's a big deal. You know, uh, 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 you know, love is a really sweet, enjoyable experience that makes for a richer life. And, and uh, people should be honest with themselves and realize that love is can be selfish. Because when we love, we actually love loving. And while we should uh, relish on the frivolity of romance, you know, it's really kind of a crime, at least uh, to be a a love or a lover. There's a sure way to, to kill a beautiful experience by weighing it down with duties and sacrifices, expectations and fears. That's a big deal. You know, people love the honeymoon phase because they're not worried about anything because all they think about is who they're with and they're so plugged in. They feel so alive. Well, guys, you could do that with your whole life if you were able to just plug in in the moment. All right, we're going to take another break. We're going to come back. We're going to talk about dread and all kinds of other things that take place in existential angst. Come back. Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Dr. Gary Bell is available for speaking engagements as well as teaching at your seminar or workshop and life coaching via telephone Skype or in person in the Seattle area. Dr. Bell brings his no-nonsense, straight-from-the-hip discussions each week on the show, but it doesn't stop there. Learn about motivation and psychology, one-couple marriage repair, a two-day workshop in Seattle, and more. Visit drgbmft.com today or call Dr. Gary Bell at 951-818-7856. That's drgbmft.com or 951-818-7856. Listen for Transformation for Success with Dr. Barbara Young. Her show topics cover creating lasting transformation in challenging environments and how creating change can have an impact on the success of individuals from a mind, body, and spirit perspective. It's going to be inspiring and uplifting each week. So tune in on Tuesdays at 12 noon Pacific time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel and also listen on the Voice America Business and Influencers Channels. Transformation takes one step at a time. It's time. 
Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You are tuned in to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. If you have a question for Dr. Gary or his guest, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. That's easy enough, but if you want to send an email, it will take some thinking. Got a pen? The email address is drgbmft at sbcglobal.net. Or you can just click on Email Host on the Voice America page. Now, back to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Welcome back, everybody. All right, we're talking about existential angst. And, and, you know, we could be wiped out by an asteroid tomorrow, so why should anybody care about finishing what they're doing? Well, a lot of people ask themselves, what's the point of life if I'm just going to die? You know, does, does anything matter? Well, yeah, but that's what existential angst does to us. Sometimes it's, it comes as this, this uh, creeping up for pretty much everyone at some point in their lives where they feel purposeless. While these feelings come up at any time, certain things can trigger them, like feeling as if you've reached a standstill. Life's transitions, particularly unwanted ones, can be a big deal. Uh, traumatic or life-altering experiences, that can be a big deal. A large-scale crisis, yeah, COVID, uh, elections, um, a lot of crazy stuff. Uh, a shift of identity where people have identified us in one way where we thought we were another way. And uh, now people perceive us through a different light. Or the loss of somebody that we truly loved can be life-changing and throw us into existential angst, which is much like grieving. It's an emptiness. It's a void. It's like we're not even here. We're just we're just depressed and sad and angry and frustrated. And and uh, at times we we accept it, and then other times we don't accept it. And we we're in this continuous fight with ourselves. You know, existential thoughts can uh, feel very heavy. But it's possible to cope with them before they pull you into a crisis. You know, tunnel vision uh, 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 can really cause a problem. But there's ways to get out of it. You know, get more comfortable with not knowing outcomes. Have faith-based outcomes. You know, I have faith that if we do everything we need to do, something good is going to come out of this. You know, there will come to an ending if we keep putting in and investing in a great outcome. You know, great things may happen or bad things may happen, but really what's the big deal is that we choose how to respond thoughtfully, wisely, and we choose to look at all of our issues from a faith-based perspective, that there may be this big issue that we've been through will teach us something and create a testimony for our lives where we can say, I went through this, here's how I went through this, and here's what I, here's why I identify with what you're going through because I went through that too. And we can be the guide to helping people in their lives. When we go through bad things, 
and we go through those challenges, we have to learn lessons from them. And existential angst is a void where we have to learn how to get out of it because that is a universal lesson that we have to give to everyone about how to identify with their life once they've gone through, let's say, trauma or something uncontrollable in their life. And it throws them into this sense of angst. You know, you can usually manage unwanted emotions like worry or fear or sadness by just making peace with them, accept them as natural parts of life from time to time. And when it comes to existential dread, you, you might have to go a little deeper. Maybe the fact that you can't answer life's big questions doesn't sit well with you. But to come to terms with the fact that you may have to simply accept that you can't accept the lack of immediate answers. That's, a, that's important. You know, this might seem a little convoluted, but think about the last time you really wanted to know something, maybe the results of a contest you entered or your boss's thoughts on the promotion you brought up. In both cases, you'll eventually get answers. Sure, you might have to wait or do some extra digging, but theoretically, you could get an answer any day now, which makes it a bit easier to sit with the uncertainty. When it comes to existential angst, however, reality doesn't have much to offer in the way of concrete answers. And this can be pretty hard to accept. And it may help to know that it's not just you. It's part of the flawed design of the human mind. And that's it. We're born into a world of things unknown. But with the minds that don't like to tolerate that, we tend to try to control everything. And if you look at all of the diagnostic uh, di diagnoses that are man-made in the DSM-5, uh, those diagnoses are basically built around the idea that if you have depression, well, that's how you're coping with your life. If you hang have anxiety, that's how you're coping with your life. If you look at all the symptoms... Those are just the coping skills that you've collected in your life and created, uh, basically landed on a diagnosis. Well, with existential angst, it's the same thing. You know, it's really important to, to uh, uh, understand that existential dread often involves questioning the purpose of your life, especially after a crisis disrupts your values or your self-identity. And say, say you've recently lost your job, whatever that was, it provided a set of activities, of roles, of expectations that, that, that defined a significant portion of your daily life. And no matter how chaotic life may become, at least part of our, identify, our identity is defined by our profession. Or maybe you're a parent or a romantic partner and you define your purpose by your strength in these roles. But life isn't constant. And unfortunately, these parts of your identity can also change um, to become at least a part of who we are. And, and we need to accept that, that we grow and we have a tendency to evolve as people day to day, step by step through all the lessons we learn in our life. You know, like a divorce, breakup, a loss through death can always trigger existential angst. Even temporary lapses, such as conflict with your partner or feeling as if you made a bad parenting decision, that can lead to the same self-doubt. And by the way, self-doubt is one of the main ingredients 
of developing existential angst. That is a deep insecurity, a lack of trust in yourself. And when you can't trust yourself, you can't trust anybody else. And so the deal is we have to learn to have integrity. We have to learn to make good choices and trust ourselves to make those good choices. You know, people are can be so uh, tempted to do impulsive thinking and then try to make excuses for it later. And sadly, that will disrupt who we are. It disrupts our ability to connect with other people because in relationships, people value trust. And if you cannot do trust, you can't do a relationship. You can love someone and not trust them. But when you trust someone, the love will grow. So in relationships and in life, you have to be plugged in and you have to value trust. And if you're going to be in life, that means you need to eliminate every single trust issue that comes between you and a significant other person in your life. Eliminating those trust issues And how do you do that? You know, I know I broke your trust. I need you to have faith in me that I understand. That's the big deal. You know, uh, uh, some people veer towards uh, uh, nihilism and they decide that nothing matters. So there's no point to anything. We never know the answers. So why bother even trying? But that's not helpful. You know, to write yourself, commit to some exploration of your values. What matters most to you? You know? That's a big deal. Potential values might include community, compassion, honesty, optimism, kindness, respect, wealth, status, knowledge. These are values. Any one of these will add to your life big time. Maybe you can't live uh, out the values the same way you did before, but once you identify with which ones are most important to you now – You can work on prioritizing them in new ways. Connecting the values can stabilize you and reignite your sense of purpose going forward. Because as you embrace the value, you now have purpose in life. That I'm going to be kind to people. I'm going to be truthful. I'm going to live in a community and be a part of a community. I'm going to have some sense of wealth and security. I want to be respected. I want to be a positive influence on other people's lives. I want knowledge, lots of knowledge, big deal. You know, when dark, confusing, uncertain thoughts come up, try opening up to people you trust. And if you don't trust anyone, take a leap of faith and have faith in someone. I'm going to have faith in them. If you want to get trust back, you have to ask for faith. I need you to have faith in me. I don't expect you to trust me. I need you to have faith in you, in me. And the big deal is also that you need to open up uh, other people and say, I am going to have faith in you that you will keep this between us. You know, that's how we connect. Sharing feelings of, of existential angst can help you sort through them and relieve the overwhelming pressure to find an answer. You know, chances are pretty good that whomever you turn to has considered some of the same questions and come to terms with them in their own way. Their insight can help you get perspective and increase your sense of connection when you feel most alone and powerless. And by the way, you know, if you read the most important book and the most uh, the greatest book of knowledge in in human uh, language or in human life, and that's the Bible, you're going to find lots of purpose. And I'll tell you what, 
it's important to understand all the people that were written about in the Bible, with the exception of Jesus, were not perfect. Some of them were just horrible and did horrible things. But the bottom line is, is that they were resilient. They were able to get back up and take what they had and build on it and not live in the past. And the people that are resilient, people that are able to find purpose even after bad things happen, and connect with God and have faith that things are not going to be as bleak as they look, suddenly what's going to happen is that void will get full. And that's how we cope with existential angst. You know, realizing ways you strengthen and support yourself and others can reaffirm your sense of community and guide your search for meaning. You know, journaling can provide a lot of insight about complexities of your deepest thoughts. And even if you only do it for a few minutes a day, it still offers taking stuff from the unconscious and moving it to the conscious. You know, like... Things like reading the news or skipping breakfast or not getting outside might stand out to seem that it increases your feeling of angst. You can also, you know, uh, stay away from those things that cause you anxiety. News can cause you enormous amounts of anxiety. As a matter of fact, they like to do that because they make a lot of money at that. The more anxiety they create, the more you seek them to try to remedy your anxiety. And what you end up doing is making your life even worse. You know, some things you can do is pray. Some things you could do with existential angst is reduce your anxiety by meditating. Becoming plugged in. No matter what's going on, you plug in. You know, if you lose your job, okay, a lot of well, I could go on unemployment or I could apply for another job, whatever it is. Whatever it is, but we need to get a plan and go ahead and, and move towards that. Take a leap of faith and go. And see what happens, you know, but being calm and choosing not to live a reactive life, not like a pinball, you know, not living reactively, but proactively making conscious choices everywhere we go and in everything we do, we're going to fill our life. You know, take time to laugh. You may not feel like laughing when the world seems bleak, uh, you know, your life, your reality, the world you live in. None of these are necessarily permanent. Life's a process. It's just a process, and, and you're just right here, and you stay in the process. And a lot of people want outcome, 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 but process is what you have to accept to be resilient in this life, that you're always in a process. And yes, we get outcomes, and we also need to be smart enough to make fun of ourselves and the stupid things that we've done. So if you're going to laugh, make fun of yourself. You know, that's a, that's a thing. But another thing is, if you're feeling existential angst, maybe it's time to find a therapist and see what you can do to help yourself. All right, that's our show. I'd like to thank everybody for listening. You know, I'd love to hear from you. And, and you can do that through our webpage on voiceamerica.com, the Empowerment Channel, Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Now remember, if you're going through hell, keep going. That's Winston Churchill, by the way. Everything not saved will be lost. That's the Nintendo quit screen window. <laughs> Whatever you do, always give 100% unless you're donating blood. Also, people often say that motivation doesn't last 
and neither does bathing. That's why we recommend it daily. That's Zig Ziglar. Thanks for listening, everybody. That's our show for this week. Please join Dr. Gary Bell for another edition of Absurd Psychology next Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Now go impress your friends and family with what you've learned today and have them tune in next week so they can be almost as smart as you. 